from the true word of God, Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and was and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room, there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were fear filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people of the the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The word. When Nancy and I were early on in our marriage, we were youth pastors and worship leaders down in Central Florida, and we didn't make very much money back in those days. We were just getting by. And uh, one Sunday, the bishop came. He's the kind of head dog of the diocese uh, in Episcopal churches, was visiting. And uh, his wife, who we had met them, they used to be at Truro Church here in Fairfax, and now they were, he had been installed as the bishop over the churches where I was. And so they were celebrating that day. And so the 
Bishop's wife came up to Nancy and to me, and she put an envelope in our hands and said, open it. This is for you. Oh, okay. And we opened it up, and it was a wad of cash. And uh, and and I, I don't know. It's just sort of awkward. I, I, I said, you, you didn't have to do that. It's a really silly thing to say when someone hands you something. <laughs> she said, I, I know. I know I didn't have to do it. If I, it's a gift. If I had to do it, I'd be like paying you. <laughs> I said, that, I guess that's right. And she said, that's why it's a gift, because it's, it's just really free. So, yeah, I know I didn't have to do it. Think, so, so if you want to freak people out, I want you to, to sort of just hand someone something, just, just randomly, not, we expect it on birthdays or if it's your wedding, of course, you're supposed to bring a gift. But just put something like a present or a card and just hand it to somebody at some point and just say, here, this is for you. And see what the reaction is. Because at various times when I think about it, my reaction, I don't know if that's what you would have done or not, but um, another one I've gotten when this has happened is, um, what's this for? It's a gift. It's not for anything. It's just, it's just a gift. Um, how about, um, well, well, I don't need anything. Well, well, I know. If you needed it, then it'd be like socks and underwear. It's, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. You don't need it. You don't deserve it. It's not for anything. It's a gift. I want us to look at just one verse of this familiar story tonight that we've heard uh, probably many times in our lives, some of us. The 11th verse of Luke 2 says this, For unto you... Speaking to the shepherds, the angels say, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Literally, the five words that begin that verse say, For, or therefore, second word, has been born. Third word, to you, today, Savior. Therefore, has been born to you today, a Savior. It's an announcement of a gift. And as startling as and unexpected as a bishop's wife's gift was to Nancy and to me, I'm sure the shepherds did not wake up that morning thinking they were going to receive a gift. They didn't know what that gift really looked like. They said it was going to be for all people on one level in verse 10. But in this verse, it says it's to you. This is to you. Therefore, has been born to you today a Savior. Christmas really separates. It begins the separation that's happened. It's a part of a bigger story. Christianity doesn't begin the day of Jesus' birth. It's been pointed to long before that. But in some ways, it's the essence of what makes the story of the Bible, we call Christianity, but the story presented different from every other religion. Religions all over, except for Christianity, tend to say something like, live like this and you'll be one with God. Do this, act this way, follow my example if they were the founder. Do these five things, do these eight things and you'll be closer to God. Christianity says nothing like that. And, and the problem is sometimes we think the Bible actually says, well, do the Ten Commandments, do these things. That's not what it's about. That's for people who already believe. 
Christianity is a gift. It is the gift of a person. It's the gift of a relationship. And and Jesus doesn't say, I'm showing you the way to live. Do all the things that I do. He says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Know me. Tim Keller, I think, very well recounts this common response people have when they think about this night. And they think about something as miraculous. We think about virgin births and incarnation, God coming as man. And I've had this kind of conversation with people, which is like, you know, all that kind of doctrine stuff of this. I just, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't really buy it. I mean, I don't want to do doctrine or whatever. I just, I'm just going to live my life, be the best person I can, just do the best I can. And I'm sure that'll be enough. That's a doctrine. You know that, right? That's a doctrine. Do the best you can and you hope that it'll be enough. Just be a good person, whatever. That, that's a doctrine. The trouble with that doctrine is, are you good enough? Are you? How good do you have to be? 90%, like A, 90%, 90 to 100. That's when I was there. I think that's in great inflation, like 93 to 100 now. But 90 to 100, is that enough? How about B? Is B okay? I was a pretty good guy. 80%, right? C, passing grade. D, I'm not Hitler. Yeah, but you ain't Mother Teresa either. Where are you? Where's the insecurity? Are you good enough? Or maybe you feel you're really good enough. So it's not insecurity, it's pride. I'm good enough. I, I'm, do, I'm fine. All the other people may not be, but you know. I'll put in a good word for you when I get up there. Christianity says nothing about that. It's a gift to all of us. Because as much as we'd like to, to this, this is going to sound offensive, but we're, we're all, Mother Teresa and Hitler, we're all on the same spectrum, unholy. We're all falling short. In human terms, some far worse than others, obviously. But the Bible says... That God has offered us this free gift of life. Therefore has been born to you today a Savior. See, the end of the road of the doctrine is to say, I don't don't really need a Savior. That doctrine that we think of as I'll just be good enough. What you're saying is I don't need a Savior, really. I'll, I'll, I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'll do the best I can and... I can be my own savior. That gift that Karen gave us that day back many, many years ago now, two responses to any gifts. You accept it or you reject it. I'm not sure of a third. Is there a third thing you can do with a gift? I don't know. I can only think of two. I accepted it awkwardly, but I accepted the gift. Some gifts, when you reject, you reject with uh, politeness, you know, and say, oh, well, it's, you know, I appreciate it. That'll look great behind my refrigerator. That'll, you know, um, I, I'm so thankful that you thought of me, I guess. It, it, there's, there's ways to reject. You can passively reject and simply not open it. When Nancy and I... Uh, 
we went out to dinner to the, well, back when the Iron Bridge Restaurant in Warrington. Ever been there? It was a really nice restaurant. It's closed now. But they used to hand out these red cards. If you ever went around Christmas, they'd hand out these red cards. they say, if you come again within 30 days and open the card, we'll give you whatever food is in it. And it ranged from a full meal for two, hundred plus dollar meal down to dessert or something, you know, one of those. And so, so we got one of those cards and we said, we're definitely going back to see, cause you know, they got, they got us, they hooked us in. So we had this red envelope and somehow the time went by. You had to go, I think before Valentine's day and open it. And I found it on my desk the day after Valentine's day. And we're like, Oh man, we forgot. We said, well, what the heck? It's like scratching the ticket. Let's just see what we would have won. And we opened it up, and it was the grand prize. It was dinner for two, wine, everything, the thing. And it was completely worthless. And so is the gospel to those who the free gift is offered, and our ears are dull, and we say, we don't need it. See, a gift unreceived, and you say, well, I'm not really rejecting it. I'm just not accepting it. Let's not play with words. It's a gift. And the gift is a life-changing relationship with the one who made you. For me, receiving the gift looks a little bit like getting Facebook Live the last few months working in our church. And I'm going to tell you why. We have struggled with getting the... uh, our Facebook Live up here to work right. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But I'm, let's just say I'm technically not like in the 90% category. I'm technically somewhat challenged at these things. And so I struggled over, okay, what are we going to do to get, we, we have a Facebook Live feed. How are we going to make this so it doesn't cut in and out, so it doesn't make me sound like I'm part of a Japanese movie? No, 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 it's just totally different. How do we get this Right. And it was week after week, and I just, I I was trying, and I had no answers. And the first thing I had to come to was, I wasn't going to be able to solve this problem. I didn't have it within me to solve this problem. But I knew someone who did. And Kent is really good at this. And basically, I just said, Kent, I can't do this. I don't know how. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Well, you'd think my problems would be solved, but I'm, I'm I'm way too smart for that. So I knew I needed to help Kent out. <laughs> Kent's not here tonight, and I have his permission, well, sort of, to tell this. <laughs> but Kent's really good at this, and he's really smart at this. And so I, I thought to myself, though, I, I'm not sure he really understands the problem. So Kent started talking to Joe, who works here at the school, and they were figuring out how to get the Wi-Fi signal, you know, hardwired in. And they were, they were taking care of my problem that I couldn't solve. So I decided, though... It wasn't going to work without my my helping them. So I sent an email to say, let me make sure everybody understands the problem. So I sent sent an email to everybody in this group chat, you know, kind of like, okay, so the problem is this. And about a day later, I got a really polite response from Kent to the whole group email saying, I don't think Tim understands the problem. (laughs) It was really nicely worded. It made me feel really good. That was how well worded it was. And, and he went to describe the problem that actually was. And you see, this is, this is Christmas. Because you and I have a problem. Is that we're separated from our creator and we don't know why we're made. We all default into this position that we're separated. 
And we have a second problem in that we think we know what the problem is. And we try to solve it in a variety of ways. Some people try to solve it by intellectualizing it. Some people solve it through chemicals. Some people solve it by relationships. We fill the void with something. And now you have two problems. You have the problem and the problem you don't understand and you're trying to solve the problem. And I wasn't helping at all with getting Facebook up because I still had the problem and I was creating a problem because I didn't know the problem and they had to explain that I didn't understand the problem. Jesus knows what your problem is and that's why he came to earth to live your problem for you. Because he knows what it's like to be lonely because he was human. He knows what it's like to face fear and doubt and anxiety. And he showed us how to live in relationship with Father God so that we don't have to leave the gift unopened. Therefore has been born to you, to you today, a Savior. Do you need to open it? If you don't need a savior, then we can throw the card away. Jesus still loves you, but it will be irrelevant to your life. But if you know that for you this day, if you're willing to believe that you need to know why you're alive and to know why God made you, then you may open the gift. You may come to Bethlehem and see And know him whose birth the angels sing. I know it's unbelievable. I understand it stretches the limits of human credulity. I understand that. All I can do is from this side of faith urge you to unwrap the gift. And to know that it was for you today. Would you pray with me please? Heavenly Father I thank you. For those who would solve our problems for us and that we, Lord, can receive the gift. And I thank you that Facebook Live is working well, but not because of me. Lord, and I thank you that I'm not going to heaven because I'm a good guy, because I'm just not. I'm, I'm inherently one who needs a Savior. And I thank you that it's not through my merit or worth, but through yours. And the freedom that we can have as we declare that we don't have to be good enough. We simply trust in the one who has shown the way and who has made a way for us. Or thank you that it's as easy as just declaring that we believe, confessing with our mouth. And yet so hard because at the end of that road is not us, but you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to my heart and to every heart here. As you offer that invitation that to, to us today, a Savior is here. Would you make it real to us, Lord? Help us to have honest conversation. Lord, I personally am thankful that you have chosen and adopted me into your family and for all those here who you love 
all of us who you love so, so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This birth is the beginning. Well, really, it's the middle of the story, but it's the beginning of that crucial chapter of God coming to earth in human form. But it's not the complete story. He died for us. And so on Christmas Eve, it's appropriate that we share the Lord's Supper. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't have to be a member of this church. But if, if, if this is the time for us as a family to affirm our faith, no one's required to come. But you're invited to come and participate. Confess, having confessed your sins and, and believing and trusting in Jesus for your salvation, we would invite you to come and participate, taking his body and blood and the symbols of bread and wine. Because on the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his followers and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took a cup of wine. When he given thanks, he gave it to them. And he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we take this bread and this wine in thankfulness as gifts from you that we would open by partaking. We would actively receive you to ourselves and to thank you for the gift and to live in the glory and grace that it provides. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. It's a custom at Living Hope. If you're going to come for communion, just come and take a wafer. The darker ones are gluten-free. There's uh, in the uh, gathering place, if you're over in the gathering place, you have uh, the Martys will be there to help serve communion there as well. And uh, you'll just be come up by row. As you uh, dip a wafer in the wine, um, there are some candles at each side here. And would you take one as you return to your seat by the side aisles? Would you take one of the candles? And uh, we'll end the service tonight by candlelight. So can I have the Joneses come forward and the brands please come forward and uh, have them help serve communion for us. Or not have your very young one with fire in their hands, which I affirm that decision. We have a number of battery-powered candles, so you'll see some, I think, over on the sides. They're over on this side, so be sure to grab one of the battery-powered ones, or in the back there are some as well. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let's take them and be thankful. <clears throat> 